DiPiano from Fem Pharma, and you are listening to or possibly watching the Love Mia Vita podcast. Today, my guest is the cancer fashionista, otherwise known as Melissa Berry. And as you might imagine from her title, Melissa and I are going to share some information Mostly Melissa will be sharing information about thriving, thriving and feeling beautiful with cancer through a cancer diagnosis, post-treatment, all of those sorts of topics we hope to share with you today. And we hope that you'll come back and learn more from Melissa Berry and Cancer Fashionista she has a wonderful program for anyone, whether you're a survivor or you have a loved one that's surviving, it doesn't matter. Melissa is your go-to person. So Melissa Berry, welcome to the Love Mia Vita podcast. I'm so excited to have you with us. Well, thank you for, first of all, that incredibly warm welcome. Uh, I think you're amazing as well. And, and thank you for having me on this uh, incredible and much needed platform. Well, one of the things that is, that was interesting about your background, at least to me, was you didn't start out with cancer fashionista. You you haven't have had an evolutionary process to get here. My understanding is that you were in fashion design and and you were a publicist. So tell me a little bit more about your background. Absolutely. Uh, I, I guess I always say I'm like a hybrid uh, where fashion and, and cancer kind of bumped into each other. So uh, if we rewind, I think I came out of my mother's womb playing with Barbie dolls. I mean, I used to play with Barbie dolls for so many hours that my neck would hurt. And I was just obsessed with fashion. My mom and my grandma were always like, and this is probably, this is going way back. They used to go to ANS, otherwise known as Abraham and Strauss. And I just, I just loved it. And then in college, I was a fashion design major. And um, after I graduated, I actually did an internship with Anne Klein in public relations. And I just fell in love with that whole world of dressing celebrities and um, coordinating events. And uh, I said, I had a really wonderful career in fashion and, and beauty PR. And I worked with celebrities. I've represented some really amazing brands like American Eagle Outfitters and Maiden Form. And I've coordinated interviews with celebs like Sarah Jessica Parker. And uh, I used to do like those Grammy lounges uh, back in the day. So I was able to meet celebs that way. And it was a lot of work, don't get me wrong, but I, but I really loved it. It sounds like it was very energizing as well. I can't imagine dressing somebody like Sarah Jessica Parker, who is uh, one of my heroes and loved the whole Sex and the City, the, the first part of the series, the second series. And then um, I guess there's another, there's another series that was recently launched. But yeah, I can't, I can't imagine having as much fun as I, I think you must have had doing what you do. And the work of publicity and communications is so important, but it's a skill that you obviously honed. And then you're taking, you've taken that skill and you've brought it to Cancer Fashionista, but why, why Cancer Fashionista? Why did you pivot from pure fashion publicity to the, ca the Cancer Fashionista? Absolutely. Great question, Jerry. So uh, when I was about 32 in the height of my career and uh, just starting to think about a family, um, my mom 
kept bugging me to get a tested for the BRCA gene. Um, we are from Ashkenazi uh, Jewish descent. She had breast cancer. Her mother had breast cancer. My grandma's sister had, basically every woman on my mother's side of the family had breast cancer. And she was insistent that I get this test. And I thought, you know, well, if I, if I do test positive for the gene, I don't want to walk around feeling like I'm this time bomb about to go off. But if I don't get tested, then I'll, I'll get surprised by something. So I decided, and I'm, and this, we could probably have a whole other conversation about this. I'm a huge advocate of genetic testing and family history, because in fact, it saved my life. Um, long story short, I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer 10 years later at the age of 42 during a, uh, you know, just a very, uh, regular, uh, checkup and uh, we caught it early stage because I was so closely monitored because of the genetic testing. And once I knew what my course of treatment was, which was chemo, losing my air, losing my breast. And it's like, whoa, let's just take a second. Like I'm, I work, you know, I'm, I talk to editors from Vogue magazine, I'm going on photo shoots and not to minimize someone that has like, you know, a regular job where they're, they're at their desk. But I mean, I'm in the glamour, glamorous world and I'm thinking, I don't even want to look like a supermodel. How am I just going to look like myself throughout this process? I don't want to go to a meeting and look at, like, and everyone's going to feel sorry for me. Like, does she have cancer? So once I knew that my treatment was under control, I Googled, and I felt like speaking of control, this was a way for me to control the situation. I'm like, let me find the wigs. Let me find the lashes. Where do I get post-mastectomy bras from? And I started a list. And one of the first things that I caught my eye was like Anna Ono. I'm like, well, we're, there must be more things that are like Anna Ono, like cool things that don't look like your doctor designed them. And I started this list. And then my mom and her friends or a friend of a friend would say, gee, Melissa, you know, I know someone that was diagnosed with breast cancer. May I have that list? And the story goes that my good friend, Tina, who is like my mama friend here in New Jersey. She was kind of my arms and legs driving the kids around for me. She has a British accent. And I remember she was like, Melissa, you ought to just start a blog. And I'm like, Tina, like I can't even fry an egg right now. Okay, fine. I mean, cause you know, Jerry, you're an entrepreneur. That's what we do. Like once you get an idea in your head and yeah. that's sort of like, and so it started with the blog and then uh, I figured, all right, I might as well put this thing on social media. And then it was like a magic wand. Once I realized that I was actually helping other women like me, I was like, well, I can't stop. I can't stop helping. If I could just help one woman a day, you know, I feel like that my mission is fulfilled. So so fast forward, here we are today. I have a nonprofit called the Cancer Fashionista Foundation, and I'm really on a mission to help women look and feel their best throughout their journey and beyond into survivorship. That's that's my that's my goal. You know, there's nothing wrong. We think that there there perhaps there's something wrong with wanting to look good and and feel good in the face of a chronic illness, uh, whether it's cancer or it's an autoimmune disease. And I, by the way, I view cancer in a more hopeful way as a chronic condition. That's not to say that in every situation that's the case, because we do know that there are certain types of cancer that you know, present themselves differently um, and are significantly more aggressive. So it by no means am I suggesting that it isn't, you know, it isn't a terrible disease, but I am hopeful about where we are in terms of cancer diagnosis and treatment, especially breast cancer. And there's no reason that why women should not want to feel and look like, like themselves, to feel beautiful every day. By the way, I love, 
I love that you brought up Anna Ono Intimates. Dana D'Onofri is super, um, super cool. She has done a wonderful job as an entrepreneur of building that business from scratch in the face of a cancer diagnosis and remembering that, again, it's okay to want to feel beautiful, wanting to wear that lovely lingerie. And by the way, I agree with her. It's the reason why we developed some of the products that we have that address sex and intimacy. You want to feel good. You want to look good. You want your body to respond sexually and in every other way. So, and a lot of this is about thriving. And thriving means looking and feeling like you do right now. So those of you that are listening can't see Melissa, but she's absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. And sir. but we we all work at it, right? So you know, I get up. I'm also ten years out. Like you know, I look like this. You don't look like like you do uh, when you wake up in the morning. So we all work at it. And for some of us, for me, it's a little harder. For Melissa, it's less di- difficult. But I oh no, I'm a huge <laughs> advocate of beauty products and lots of other things. So let's that's that's the next podcast episode. <laughs> but, but you know, in beauty, beauty starts on the inside, right? So it starts with you know, wanting to you know, make that change every single day, take one step forward. And in, in your case, um, you described some of the challenges that you faced and you mentioned, you know, here you are in this fashion world and you're interviewing celebrities and you're going on photo shoots, et cetera. And even for some of us that sit there and, you know, we're you know visiting the lab or doing the, going to the manufacturing facility, I, I, I get you, you know, I don't want to look sick. So in the face of some of my own health issues, I try my best to look like someone who is reasonably healthy. And yeah, so, you know, I put on my makeup and do what I need to do. Uh, But tell us about some of the other challenges that you faced. I mean, I'm sure that there were some, you described some physical challenges. I'm sure that there were physical and emotional challenges. Perhaps you can share some of those with our listeners and our viewers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like I always say, you know, especially if we're talking about breast cancer specifically, when a woman loses their hair, lashes, breasts, it is defeminizing. You feel like you don't feel like a woman. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I do what I do today, because I don't feel like anyone should ever have to feel that way. Um, So there's, you know, the physical component, the physical appearance uh, factor. And then certainly I think something that some most doctors don't tell you about, because look, our oncologists are there to save our lives. You know, something that I didn't know about chemo until I went through it is the psychological effects that those drugs can have on you and then on your mood and your depression. And then, you know, sexually, like, you know, it's like, you know, when you're going through something like that, like sex, oftentimes, you know, it'll listen, it'll fall to the bottom of the list on a good day. So, you know, if you're going through something like breast cancer, it can certainly um, become a major issue. But, you know, for me, I think it was a a pretty, and like for most women, it was a pretty whopping combo of uh, physical and emotional trauma and change and having to adjust and, and just fearing for your life. You know, we've heard, um, I've heard, because I was on the board of Living Beyond Breast Cancer for eight years, which by the way, doesn't make me an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I had the opportunity. I won't say it was pleasure, although I did, en- I did enjoy my tenure uh, on Living Beyond Breast Cancer's board, but I had the opportunity to meet a number of women who were surviving and thriving with breast cancer. 
and understood more about the journey. I am not a survivor, but um, I do have family members that are thriving and surviving in the face of breast cancer diagnoses and many friends who are doing the same. But what I did understand is that the, the emotional toll that it takes on you <clears throat> is often as bad as the physical toll. So losing one's breasts, one's hair, one's eyelashes, as you, as you described, is your new reality. <clears throat> Excuse me. And how you navigate through that <clears throat> is really where I think some of us who are either drug developers or coaches and counselors can come to play a very integral part in facilitating, <clears throat> excuse me, losing my voice, a better chance of survival or, or more importantly, I, I love to use the word thriving because what we, we wanna do is, yeah, what is past is past. We can't change that. We don't know what the future may hold, so you can only deal with the present. And in the present, dealing with your, your current reality means if you have to put false eyelashes on, you do the false eyelashes, you do the eyebrows, you buy the wig, whether it's an inexpensive wig or a scarf, it doesn't matter, but you do something to make yourself look and feel great. If you need to see a pelvic physical therapist or you need to use personal lubricants and moisturizers just to help with intimacy and dryness. And by the way, you said something earlier that intimacy falls to the very bottom of the list. And we hear this time and time again. And the something that a friend of mine shared with me was that it was the one thing <clears throat> that made her still feel like she mattered. Having that closeness with her partner. It doesn't matter whether you're in a same-sex relationship or in a heterosexual relationship, but intimacy was so important. And she, she said, listen, that's suffering. One of our scientific advisory board members, uh, who was a gynecologist, said, listen, I counsel women not to even think about uh, penetrative intercourse because it will hurt. So she says, you know, just the intimacy takes many different terms and starting with physical closeness and non-penetrative intercourse is really something that women may want to consider but, but feeling like you matter is so critical and, and so <clears throat> if you have a great gynecologist that can support you it reminds you that yes your oncologist who is fabulous and has hopefully saved your life or is working on saving your life is a key but your gynecologist is also very important. Um, the cancer fashionista and the hairstylist and the, the esthetician, those are also really important in the lives of many women who are thriving in the face of a cancer diagnosis and through treatment and beyond. Um, what, do you, what are you hearing? Are you hearing the same sort of things that, that I've heard, Melissa? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, I think um, that sex and intimacy can take a huge toll on a relationship. And if you're not in a relationship, even your, you know, intimate relationship with yourself and in speaking to women and actually speaking to you, you know, what we're learning is that that could be a really nice escape and a really wonderful way to continue to maintain a healthy bond with your partner and it shouldn't fall to the bottom of the list. And if 
And if there is penetrative sex that hurts, like there are ways, there are people like you that are here to help, especially, I mean, there's so many women that have issues on a good day, but then in the, in the cancer community that there are options and that um, sex and intimacy is something that we should look at as part of our self-care it sh because it can help us feel better throughout the process. And I know that a lot of women hearing this might say, oh my God, like I can't even, I'm, I'm, my head is not even there. Like, and it really depends on what part of your breast cancer experience you're, you're at and how much treatment you're undergoing and, and how much surgery, but it's the kind of thing that if you can try and hold on to it in one way or another, it could be uh, something that's really healthy for you physically and emotionally. You know, <clears throat> I think you, you, you said something uh, just now that reminded me that it, it depends on where you are in your journey, right? So anytime we walk into a doctor's office and we get the news that was unexpected, whether it's a cancer diagnosis or a diagnosis of some other disease that, we, that is a chronic uh, condition, there, is, there are those various phases, emotional phases that we go through. And so by no means do we want to diminish what you might be feeling at the moment that you hear those words, right? And then there's the, okay, what's the plan? Because we all want to know, okay, well, what's the plan? Because we have that basic instinct for survival, right? <clears throat> it's like, okay, am I going to live? How am I, how am I going to live? So sometimes it's even, that's even that's more important. It's how am I going to live, right? And <clears throat> so the journey, where you are in the journey, makes a huge difference. And absolutely, because we have to be realistic. Look, if you just found out, if you've just been recently diagnosed, like psychologically, you're not going to be there, and your partner hopefully will understand that. Or you know, if you are going through really aggressive chemotherapy, you're under you're taking a lot of drugs and, you know, you can hardly make dinner. No, but, but, but like, but there is a way to weave it in. And I feel like that you're really great at like teaching us how to remind us to do that, that it's, that it doesn't have to be, you know, necessarily full on sex. It can be kissing and foreplay and, and holding and, and that that's intimacy also. And those things are important to hang on to during the process. Absolutely. We need to have someone that can prop us up and, you, I think you say cancer, I'm beautiful. And sometimes we need to say that to ourselves because we, not everyone has a partner when they're going through this, but we need to be able to say to ourselves, cancer, I am beautiful and I will make it through. And there are things that I can do for myself. So it comes down to the self-care. But again, it comes back to what you just shared with us, which is it depends on where you are in your journey. Because you may feel like garbage. I mean, like, I, you know, what the hell is going on with my body? How am I going to deal with this? If you have a family and you're trying to juggle a family, you're trying to juggle a career. So all those things have to weigh heavily on you, but it's taking it in bite-sized pieces too. So whenever I, you know, feel like everything is just all in the, in my face, so whatever it is, whatever the crisis is, it's work, it's my kid, it's my husband, it's my whatever. I put a stop sign, actually have this imaginary stop sign and I just put it up and I say, that's it. I'm going to focus on one thing right now and everything else can wait. And when it comes to our health, we really have to focus 100% right? If we can, I need to take care of me right now, especially if you have 
children who are still looking to you for care, or perhaps you have an elderly parent, you still need to think about yourself. You still need to put that oxygen mask on. Your I was about to say self. that. That's the analogy I'm thinking of. When you're on the airplane, you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself for someone else. And I think, you know, especially if you're in a, in a relationship, you know, you, you want to make sure that you feel that you are feel good and you feel whole so that you can also receive love and, and both physical and emotional love from your partner as well. You know, you, you, you need to like, I know the term is thrown around so much leaves. You need to love yourself first. You really, really do. Yes, absolutely. And we hear that in a lot of, a lot of songs. I'm thinking of one since I'm a great, I was a grateful dead person years ago. Um, you? You don't look like a dead <laughs> Jerry. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I love not all of this, all of the songs, but there is song. Uh, I'll just leave it with you. It's called Ripple. Listen to the lyrics. Uh, those of you that are, uh, that are maybe in a certain age group cohort, you probably remember the song, but even for those of you that are younger, <clears throat> Listen to the words of um, the listen to Ripple by the Grateful Dead and the lyrics. It's a ballad. It's you know, it's there's nothing weird about it, but the words are so true. Um, you want to make sure that your cup is full because if your cup is not full, then you can't share it with anyone else. So that's really the message of self care. And <clears throat> in your case, Melissa, without getting into things that are too personal, how did you? navigate through your journey uh do you mean from like a, a sex and intimacy no just in general because i think that we can you know i think that we you know we can certainly talk about sex and intimacy but you, we don't necessarily need to know your personal story but really how did you how did you navigate from sort of the point at which you were diagnosed to where you are today because you you went from diagnosis and treatment as i understand it and then you started this 501c3. I mean, that's incredible. Well, it, yeah, well, it, that's the definitely the fortune cookie version. It's a short, short version, but I mean, it definitely is a process. I mean, I just like any other woman, I had my dark moments where I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognize myself. And that was sort of my aha moment. I was like, you know what? Even if I don't feel great and I'm just at home having my chemo day, maybe I'll put a little blush on, a little lip gloss. And I know it sounds, it could sound superficial, but even when you just catch yourself in the mirror or when you're just going to pick your kids up from school, you know, like I always say, you don't need to look like a supermodel. You just kind of want to look like yourself. So I think it really is a process. And I think for me, it started with the lip gloss. It started with, okay, I'm going to put some color on my face. And you know what? I'm going to wear a cute dress to chemo because I'm going to feel better. And the person that I'm going with is going to feel better. You know, it's just... Um, it just lifts your spirits a bit more and also is a sense of normalcy. And I think something else, and we could probably have a whole other episode about this. I did continue working as much as I could. Um, I was still doing freelance PR, but I feel like work also gave me a sense of the old Melissa, like the pre-cancer Melissa, like, and it was the one thing that was normal. Like I didn't have to worry about scans or tests or, you know, uh, it, it, I knew what I was doing. There was a sense, it was just, it just made me feel like, you know, like myself. Uh, and, and then, you know, when I, when I realized that I was uh, looking and then finding products and services that I felt made me feel better, made me look better. I felt like I needed to share them with everyone. So it was sort of, you know, 
happened very organically where I started to share what my findings on social media. And and then I was asked to, you know, speak on panels. And I'm so proud to say that I'm now the board chair for the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation, an incredible, an incredible group. We were just actually at the Capitol yesterday uh, at the White House, uh, you know, rallying for uh, better screening and 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 better treatment options and and all those things and uh, and and now I have two daughters ages sixteen and twenty so I have a responsibility to them but I feel like I have a responsibility to women everywhere uh, you know to have the right treatment options in place but for the short term like I say we 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 can't cure cancer right now but we can certainly do a better job at preventing it and while we're all in it how can we look and feel our best and that. That is really my mission. And then I started the nonprofit so that I would have the ability to um, to uh, raise funding from other partners to, you know, roll out pro- programs that I couldn't uh, take on or afford to do uh, on my own. So I'm, I'm grateful that that uh, I, I've been able to to build on uh, this little idea that I had one day about uh, a blog called Cancer Fashionista and actually make an impact and help women live their best life through a pretty difficult time. Well, it really is very important to women. It's about how to live, right? And I think you said that it's about how to live your best life. And it's about the quality of your life. And from what I understand about the work that you're doing through Cancer Fashionista and the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation, you are working to help women to think about their own self-care to think about ways in which they can take what was not so good news and to think about strategies that can help them each day, so incrementally, to make themselves feel better about what they are facing and how they can help other other women. So, right, we are not alone. So whatever whatever we happen to be diagnosed with, you, you know that you are not the, solely experiencing this. So there are other women, in your case, other women have been where you are. They may not know that. And it's so important for us to share this information, which is why organizations like yours do make a difference to build community, to build support and really to help women to think about ways in which they can regain their sense of self. One of the individuals who we had features on on a podcast was actually a Miss Arizona. Her name is Arpy Hamilton. And I do a shout out to Arpy because she's incredible. There's Megan Koziel, who is another survivor that we have featured. And they, they look magnificent, but they, that wasn't always the case. And they share some of their stories, you know, with, you know, both breasts being removed and um, same thing, the loss of hair, the loss of eyelash. So then in the case of R.P. Hamilton, who went off, went on to win Mrs. Arizona, taking that and moving forward with her new body, her changed look, it was a metamorphosis for her, right? It was a total metamorphosis for her. So she, she, shared with others, still shares with others, that it is possible. It is possible to live your best life, even in the face of a diagnosis that she never anticipated. And she was a young survivor and ditto with Megan Kozgill and so many others that I could mention. But 
Uh, this is really, it's, it's key for us to find our strategy to thrive. And that's really, and that's the message for this podcast interview Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. I love that you raise these other examples because I'm just one woman, but there are so many incredible thrivers out there. And I feel like, like I've always said, I never had a big sister. And when you have breast cancer, it's like you want the big sister to be like, girl, this is where you go for your wigs. This is where you, you know, get the lashes from. And no one can do that better than someone who's walked the walk. Like you can ask your friends, you can ask your family and, and listen, I, the doctors are wonderful, but you know, like my doctor didn't know to suggest using a satin pillowcase when my hair was falling out because the weft of a cotton pillowcase can really hurt your scalp. Like who knew that? I didn't know that until I, it happened to me and these funny little nuances, but there's a wonderful community out there. And there's so many great brands, like you had mentioned, and I know that cater that really are so plugged into our needs. And I love, you know, and that's why my face lights up because I just love finding new products and new things that, that help make our lives more beautiful and better. And just like yours, uh, your products are, are, are amazing. And I, I can't wait to, you know, share more of that with the community and to talk about how you don't have to, you know, uh, think that your life, your sex life is over. If you can't, you know, have intercourse because it's too painful because of your treatment. Like there are options out there and there, there are products and experts like yourself. So just like I'm raising the flag for fashion and beauty, I love that you're doing it for sex and intimacy. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we certainly think that's important. We also believe that there is an element of self-care that's uh, important uh, because let's face it, if you're not in the mood or you don't have a partner or it hurts, then you, sh you should still take care of those tissues that have been perhaps assaulted by you know, chemotherapy and radiation. And we didn't even get into the whole issue of chemical menopause where you know everything shuts down and you, you don't gradually move into menopause, just you're thrust into it. So you start to experience some of the same symptoms that you would if you were in natural menopause, it's like, I, I've heard that it's like falling off a cliff. I mean, I went into natural menopause. It took years, you know, 10 years before it all kind of stopped. Um, and that, and so that was a natural way of moving into menopause. But if you're in chemical menopause, I understand that it happens really suddenly and it can really abruptly impact your life. So you need to take care of yourself and you need to remember that there are products that are made without hormones that can facilitate uh, the way in which you navigate through individual symptoms. There's not, it's not one stop shopping, by the way. So you may try on a number of different things, strategies, could be for your skin, this skin, it could be for your intimate skin, as in the case of our products, could be for sleep, could be for the hot flashes. So there are lots of different ways to navigate some of the symptoms that you might be experiencing, help you to feel more beautiful through the process and certainly less aggravated in the face of everything else that you're dealing with both emotionally um, and uh, physically. Absolutely. This, what I love about what you do also is I love that I feel like you, you've drawn a parallel between like skincare for beauty and, and intimacy as self-care. Like it, it, it could be one of the same. It doesn't have to be complicated. It could be something that you do every day. Like some of your products, it's like putting your moisturizer on. You're just putting it somewhere else. <laughs> I think it's great. 
Yes. Well, you know, we we hope that women get the message of self-care. And it's not just a one-off. And it's, you know, it yes, of course, we, you know, we we have developed products that can be used that can enhance or ease intimacy, but it's really about a daily a product that you use daily. Um, and it really is to protect yourself, protect your skin, to make yourself feel better. And when that happens, when you start to feel like your old self again, you start wanting to have, you know, more fun, whatever that means to you, whatever, whatever that means. Exactly. And I think we all need as much fun as we can have, especially when you're going through uh, cancer diagnosis and treatment. So it's like to kind of go full circle to, to be able to retain this part of your life for yourself with yourself or with someone else is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Well, Melissa Berry, the cancer fashionista and cancer, I'm beautiful. Yes, you are beautiful. And oh, you're so are you, Jerry. Thank what you. You're doing, what you're doing is beautiful. And we always talk about paying it forward. It's the reason that it's the reason that I started Femme Pharma many years ago. I'm a big believer in women's health equity. I care deeply about women. I left the confines of a multinational pharmaceutical company where it was easy. You know, you could intellectually coast and, you know, learned a lot and, you know, made the big money, blah, 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 blah. But it really wasn't enough to make a difference in women and women's health care. And I always admire women like yourself who did the same thing stepped outside their comfort zone to make a difference and pay it forward. That's why we're here. That is why we're all here. And I'm so glad to have been able to talk to you today and to know you and your products. And I think we make a great team, Jerry. Yes, we do. And I am so, we are grateful for you. We appreciate you. And to all of you that are listening to the Love Mia Vita podcast, I encourage you to check out Cancer Fashionista, and Melissa Berry, if you happen to be a survivor and you are listening or watching this, she's incredible. She is inspirational. More importantly, she will give you some fabulous tips. So check it out. And Melissa, so do you have any, any parting words? How do women find you? Uh, give them your yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, my podcast is Dear Cancer Unbeautiful, and you could find me on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me at cancerfashionista.com. And I'm also on Instagram at cancerfashionista and also Facebook. So she's all over the place. I'm all she's over the place. All over, she's all over social media. You will find her. Melissa Berry, thank you so much for being my guest on the Love Mia Vita podcast. And to all of those that are listening and watching, take care, be well, and remember to love Mia Vita. Thank you so much for having me, Jerry. I hope to see you soon. Take care. Take care.